Hey everybody, welcome back to my journey through the Pantheos. This is going to be trip number two that we're covering here. Trip number one, if you remember, is was kind of like the introduction to psychedelics overall for me. And it was, a, uh, like I mentioned several times before, a, a kind of a dip your toe in the water kind of moment. Getting used to the whole concept and everything like that. It was kind of like a, uh, what do they call those? The fun houses at, at carnivals. It's just a, a bunch of whiz-bang cool stuff. This next one, this next trip is is very profound, um, and 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 it's really like the the first taste of that other side of the coin, like that really really profound side. And um, you know, if you haven't listened to the prelude episode, I, I welcome you to do that now. You know, that gives you the full backstory going into here. Uh, but you know, if if you just don't want to listen to it, or you already have. Feel free to skip ahead to 3 minutes and 20 seconds into the episode. For those of you who don't want to listen to it and you just want to get the, the, the quick download now. So basically, you know, as I mentioned, that first uh, trip was, was just a kind of uh, introduction. And I'm on this journey and I am not even close to the first step of my journey with, with just that little introduction. So obviously I need to keep going deeper and deeper. I mean, you got to remember the whole objective here is to reach a catharsis and to have a rebirth. And so I was able to get some more mushrooms and I decided to go to my boyhood home that I grew up in. Uh, my, my mother at the time was selling that place and, you know, the, everyone in our family agreed to this, mind you, but it, it was a very traumatic thing in our lives, even though that we all agreed this, this house and this property, it's, it was really like a sixth family member, uh, uh you know, it, it, most of the property and stuff was hand built by my, by my dad, my grandfather, you know, my uncles helped out me and my brother helped out my sister even, uh, my mom planned most of the stuff, right? And so it's a very, very family-oriented and a lot of love in this in this property. It's like four acres out in the country, a very warm and wholesome upbringing, a lot of beautiful memories in this place, and, uh, and I just love it so much. And so uh, when I decided to go a little deeper into the mushroom and psychedelic realm, I wanted to go and experience that at that place and see what the property had to tell me. And I know that sounds pretty bizarre that a property can tell you something, but those of you who have, uh, you know, journeyed into the psychedelic realm, you, you, you probably know exactly what I'm talking about. So, um, so that's essentially what this trip is about. It's about me furthering my journey but also getting some closure on the loss of the property and uh, seeing if I can kind of mend that, that, that wound that is, is already starting to form. So what unfolded was a trip that was a bit interesting to start, um, saw some beauty, then I saw some kind of scary stuff, and then I just got blown away with something that I never in a million years would have expected. I did not expect my path to go, uh, you know, to make this turn, uh, and 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 it did, and that set the tone for the rest of the trips thereafter. So, so yeah, let's uh, let's jump in, uh, and uh, I hope you enjoy it. And by the way, they just keep getting more and more deep after this. If you thought this episode or you know this trip was crazy. The next ones are even crazier, and they get crazier and crazier, uh, deeper, deeper, more profound, it's just awesome. So uh, strap in. Here we go with trip number two. Welcome to my journey through the Pantheos. Trip two. The light. Good picture. Fireflies. We're still looking at it. I was rolling on the moon one day, day. Roger roll, Discovery. But all right, we're back. Okay, so we've had this experience. 
at the beach house. Mm-hmm. And you've learned a lot about this at this point. So the first part of this interview here is is us just covering stuff that I've already covered in the Prelude episode, also in the beginning of this episode. So you're not missing anything there. We're just going to jump right into me taking the mushrooms. And uh, I took quite a bit of the bag. I didn't take the whole bag, but I took quite a bit of it. And unlike the last time, uh, this time it took a lot longer to take effect. And I was kind of waiting for something to kick in and for something profound to happen. And it was like well into the night when I finally saw that same nature presence that I saw from that first trip. And it, I didn't really see or feel anything profound until um, I saw that, that beautiful nature thing again where the grass was moving. And I was wanting it for, I was wanting to see it again and I, I just never saw it until kind of towards the end, I saw it again. I sat down next to this uh, kind of overgrowth area. I saw this, uh, there's these vines kind of near the porch. A lot of like indescript, nameless vines. That were moving in that exact same way with the beautiful like flowing and breathing. And I encountered that same otherworldly motherly presence. This time I was super close to it. I saw it breathing and stuff like that. And so I saw that same presence and I was just, uh, again, like just in awe of it. Like I tried to like, to like get down there with it and be like, I want to be part of this. And I was like, you know what? I want to be part of this. I want to sit down and join in on this like beauty, beautiful, innocent, sweet, pure thing. And so I sat down and the plants actually recoiled. It kind of recoiled in my presence. Hmm. And kind of withered a little bit. I was like, hey, we were doing our thing. Like you, you can't be part of this. And they stopped moving. And I was like, kind of like taken aback by that. And, and I was like, well, wait a second. Here I am, this beautiful, sweet, innocent thing was doing its thing. And I come and sit down uh, next to it with my human bullshit. And like, I noticed, like, I noticed I was like bringing like a negative energy to it. Like, I had so much stress and anxiety weighing on me from work and all this other stuff. And, and I'm going and I'm tainting this beautiful, sweet, pure, innocent thing with that. And so I was like, no, 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 that's why they're recoiling. And so I closed my eyes and I tried like meditating. I've never really meditated before. And I was like, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna like try to flush out all my negative uh, thoughts and stress. So I did it, I, I did a, a decent job at it. And then I, I opened my eyes again and, and the, the plants were kind of back to life. You could see the, they were green again. and. And I was like, okay, I'm gonna do it again. And, and I thought, you know, I, I meditated some more. And then I woke up and they were they were fully back, but not dancing, they weren't moving. But it was really crazy that the, the pieces of the vine that were closest to me were reaching up to me. Like uh, their little leaves were like arms that were reaching up and they were cheering for me. Like they were saying like, kind of like you can do it. You know, you, that's what you felt from them. Like they were able oh, to express that from what they were doing. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I felt, but I also saw. Like, like they literally were reaching their arms out, yeah. saying, like, "Like they weren't talking to me, but the feeling and the vision was like, you can you got, do it.' You got the point. Yeah. And so, I closed my eyes again and meditated some more and flushed out some more of that negative negativity. I opened my eyes and they were back. They were all back and they were all reaching their arms out, but they weren't dancing. And I really wanted them to dance, so I tried to close my eyes again and do it again, and I opened them up and they weren't dancing. I was like, well, shit. And so I was, I think, and then I understood something. I was like, okay, well, I'm just gonna step back and see what happens. So I got up and I stepped back and I, and, and when I stepped back, they all got back into dancing again and, and, and moving and swaying and breathing. And I, I was like, oh, I think I get it now. Like. They wanted me to learn a lesson. They wanted me to like flush out my negative thoughts and quit bringing my negative energy into situations that doesn't call for it. And it, it, nothing ever calls for it, you know? But I, so many times, I don't know how many times, like, like a billion times have approached something with negativity already from the get-go and you're screwed if you do that, right? And so. Um, so that, that taught me a valuable lesson. Another thing was like when they started dancing and, and moving again, I, I, it was very clear to me that I will, I, I am human and I cannot be a part of that beautiful, amazing nature thing. This, this otherworldly presence. Mm-hmm. I say otherworldly. It is the world though. It's nature. You know, I couldn't yeah. be like, like they were saying like, Hey, good job. 
you did great, but you can't be part of this. This is this is nature. And so I got a lot out of that that little encounter there with those vines. It was it was a really awesome thing. Other things happened that night. Some 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 of the more trippy things that I encountered was I went out to the laundry room to put a towel in the in the dryer that had gotten really wet. And as I'm pushing the button, um, I mentioned in our in our first episode how your field of view expands and colors in the room change uh, change. So my field of view really expanded and, and the lights started kind of dimming and getting bright and then changing colors. It kind of changed orange. And right about that moment, uh, there, there comes a moment in any of the trips that I have taken where you know that your brain is firing on all cylinders and you are more in the moment than you've ever been in your life. Um, and you're just experiencing, experience, you are experiencing, how do I put it? You are experiencing the most now that could ever be experienced. I know that sounds weird. It's, 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 it, it is so now that it's unfathomable. You're in the moment so much. So, you know, the, the room started pulsating with the light was changing color. And I, um, I stepped backwards in awe very slowly and opened the door behind me into leading into the garage. And I slowly stepped out of the laundry room, opened the door behind me and walked away, walking backwards, opened the door behind me, walking backwards out of the room. And as I shut the door, I'm now in, my back is in the garage. As I shut the door, I look over to my left and there is a perfect shadow of me on the wall that as I'm shutting the door, and and, I, and it shuts. I turn around and look at it, and the shadow stays where it was. But then the shadow catches back up and turns and looks at me. Now this is where it gets even creepy. You see the how, yeah. how much I'm goosebumping. The hair is standing up on his arms. I, that is yeah. no lie. So so the shadow was delayed, incredibly delayed. Like I shut the door and looked at it, or I shut the door, looked at it, turned around and faced it, and about about 15 seconds later, it finally turned around and faced me. And then I was looking at this shadow, and then I walked, I, I moved away, and that shadow stayed where it was on the wall, and it ended up being a paint stain on the wall the whole time. It oh, was crazy. Um, they had they were painting the wall of the uh, of the of the of the garage. garage, and there was a part that they hadn't painted yet, and it was like this really dark streak, and that was the that was the shadow that I saw. But it was not. It, 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 you could not have mistaken it, mistaken it for a paint stain. Right. It was so vivid and so clear that it was my shadow. And it was a coincidence that my shadow turned into it, and it became. And that's one of the one of the critical things about uh, about these mushroom trips is that there's a lot of crazy coincidences that you, you see. Like one of the things I saw the first time I tripped was I saw someone walk out of a door, heading out to the balcony of the beach house, and I saw another person walk out of another door, um, like five feet separated from them and and it wasn't like like two guys that looked similar it was a, a guy and a girl that both did the exact same motion opened same the door the exact same yeah. way closed it the exact same way turned around the exact same way walked and mingled with people the exact same way it's yeah. almost like you saw a pattern in yeah. social interaction that's crazy it was it, like there's a synchronicity um, okay so anyway so so that was my garage experience yeah. it was it was it's pretty, pretty, pretty intense, actually. You described seeing the stains on the dry on the uh, on the garage floor. Yeah, and then turning to smoke. Oh yeah, yeah. They, they, they. Uh, there's little like calcium deposits or stains or some kind of like 
stain on the mineral stains on the on the uh, cement in the in the garage. And when you when I, when I turned on the light and saw them, they started swirling around in these fractal swirls that looked very much like smoke. And then the smoke was actually rising from the floor. Oh, that's crazy! So it actually got three dimensional. Like, oh yeah. Up. And, you, you, and, and when you walked through it, it would it would move in your presence. Other things that happened that night, I went out to the uh, other property, the, we call it the other lot, it has a barn and everything, and um, I just wanted to see what was going on out there in my current state. So uh, I, I walked out there and right off the bat, first thing I noticed when I got next to the pond was there's this tree that was shedding some of its leaves and stuff and the leaves on the ground became snakes. And they were kind of moving slowly, but uh, very, very, very creepy. And then I looked kind of over the, the fence and I saw this tree and there was a light bouncing, you know, a, a, a floodlight on the tree and it was a really bright tree because of the light. And there was a swirling fractal swirl, like spiraling swirl of, of that tree. And I, I'm not joking around, I, I turned around for one second and turned back, and that spiraling tree vortex had turned into a freaking goblin. And like, no joke, it was uh, a, like a warthog looking like goblin. And it, it, it was, it was almost like, it was almost as if you caught it in the act of doing something. Like it was moving and then you turn around and you look at it and it stops and it kind of has given you the look, right? Like you caught me. That's what it kind of looked like. And I turned around again and looked back and, and it was, uh, it was that same goblin looking thing that had another goblin in a headlock. And, and again, it was kind of like they were caught doing something and they kind of stopped and were like, oh, you know, um, it was, it was quite amazing. And, uh, and it wasn't, it wasn't like something where you look in a cloud and you can see a, uh, you know, a hippopotamus or something, but it's really just a fluffy cloud that you can just kind of interpret that. This legitimately looked like freaking goblins with, with each other and they had each other in a freaking headlock. Like it, it was, it was crazy, man. So after that, I kind of meandered into the barn. And that's when I started seeing a lot of stuff that looked very kind of sad. I turned on the lights and this kind of began like, like a period of things, the house kind of, kind of telling me that it's sad and it's worn out. Uh, when I went into the barn, I saw our old tractor and stuff and it just looked so sad. Like, like inanimate objects uh, take on a life force when you're when you're on these kind of hallucinogens, and they become alive. And the tractor was was kind of like moping and and just downtrodden and and just looked sad. And everywhere I looked in the barn, it kind of had the same thing, same kind of look. So it was kind of depressing, and that kind of set the tone for the rest of the night. And uh, everything I saw was was had that motif about it. But all of that kind of led up to one of the most amazing things ever that I have ever experienced in my entire life. So all of that kind of uh, reached a a crescendo and and stopped and that kind of gave way to kind of the ending of the night and 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 that I thought I was done and uh, little did I know that I would be in for one of the most amazing things that have 
ever happened to me in my entire life, ever. So, you know, we, uh, after this experience, uh, we met up again. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, no, no, I'm not done. Oh, well, then get there, man, because uh, <laughs> what happened after that? So, um, so I'm done with my trip, right? Mm-hmm. There was one last little trippy thing that happened where um, everyone was going to bed, and I heard my girlfriend's voice in my ear saying everything that she said in the entire night that night in a span of about 10 seconds. It was like, like, but but you could hear everything. Like it was discernible. Yeah. Like just super fast. And it was not, it was not a hallucination. It wasn't something that you're like, oh, did I hear that? Maybe I didn't hear that. It was clear as day in your ear. Her saying everything she said the entire night in about 10 seconds, just like, but you could clearly hear everything. Mm. And, and then it started looping. So it did that once and did it again. And then it started looping that for about, for about maybe five minutes. And it was, it was, I could see how somebody could go crazy on that, but it was, it was fascinating. It was amazing. And that was my last little end point to my trip. And then I started, I was like, okay, by this time it's like three in the morning and I need to go start turning lights off in the house uh, and around the property. So I start going and I start turning off lights around the house and I go out to the pool house and turn off the lights and the the moonlight is shining through the windows. And they had, my mom had this uh, curtain on either side of the chimney, of the chimney there's these two windows on either side of the chimney and there's these curtains that are draping perfectly symmetrically in the exact same way. And when you look at it, it looked like a person who was very sad mm. looking at you. It looked at me in this very sad look. And when I turned off the light, I saw this the moon coming through, moonlight coming through that and it was looking at me. This house was like sad that I was leaving. Yeah, and you actually took a picture of this. Yes, I did. And I've seen the picture. Yeah. And you asked me, it's really funny, you said, uh, he said, what do you see? And I was like, I see a sad face. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I got it. It yep. made sense. It, it's crazy. So I, I, can, I can definitely relate yep. to it, to, especially being in a hyper um, sensitive awareness of things at that point and, and, that, and that being able to, to play yeah. to you in a way. Exactly. And so I, and, and by the way, the whole day I would, I would see these, you know, I went out to the barn, I'd look at the tractor and the tractor had this very sad, like, worn down like presence where it, it was it was it was very sad and worn out and sad and everything in the barn had that same presence it was like it was like we're tired you know like if we're and, and we're sad that you're leaving us but we're also tired and and then i saw that last little thing when i, when I turned off the lights in the in the pool house and i literally looked at that face and i said to a house i said <laughs> I said, don't look at me like that. <laughs> and and in the moment as I said it, I was like, that is the that is ridiculous. I was like, you're stupid. Like, like, I'm done tripping at this point. Yeah. And I'm like, I'm like, you're stupid. Well, you said that to a house, and I turn off the light, and there's lights on in the laundry room. So I walk all the way across the property to the laundry room and turn off the laundry room light. And I thought that was that was it. And to me it was it. I didn't see any other lights on. But I came out of the the laundry room and I turned left and looked down the porch. And there was one solitary light that that was left on. And this light is in a cluster of lights that otherwise would have been on and there would have been this this bright, just like flood kind of situation of lights there. But for but those other Two or three lights were, were had burned out, and there was just one, and it was a spotlight that was shining down in a complete sea of darkness. The single little light. There was a light shining down on a specific spot on the porch. Shining down just one single light onto a bench. It hit me in the moment. I took. It, I was so struck by it. I took a picture of it. And that spot on the porch is where I had my favorite memory ever in Manhood. And it was my, my, 
uh, dearly departed uncle. He's actually my great uncle. He says he's my dad's uncle. Uh, sweetest, most wise, sage person you'll ever meet in your entire life. My uncle Bob. Anytime a thunderstorm would blow through Manville, he'd make himself a big pot of coffee and he'd sit on the porch right in the breezeway, right where that, that light was shining. Um, he would sit on the porch with his coffee and watch the thunderstorm. Anytime he would do that, I would go and, and sit with him and he would give me some coffee. You know, I was like six, seven, eight, anywhere from six to like 10 or 12. And I would, but I would have coffee with him and we'd sit there you know, 70-something-year-old man and a, like, a six-year-old kid. Sometimes we would talk. Saying two words every now and then to each other. But most most of the time we wouldn't, and we would just sit there in peace and watch the thunderstorm. And that is my favorite memory in Manville. And the house was shining that light down for a reason, and it was, like, it was, like, beckoning me to have, like, this one last little memory in Manville. And it was as if the house was saying its final goodbye to me. It was like, hey, you remember this? Come relive this for a moment. Let's, let's have one last little moment here. And so I sat down and, and, I, uh, and, and sat there for about a solid like five minutes or so taking that in. But you know me, I always want to document what happens, right? So... <laughs> So I got my phone out. It was like, before I forget, because I'm so tired, I don't want to forget this. I went into the pool house and started dictating into my phone what just happened. All right. Now I'm going to talk about one of the most profound things that I've ever experienced in my entire life. And as I'm talking about how beautiful of a moment that was, the very definition of the word beautiful, I just can't. I started like like crying and, and finally grieving the loss of, of the property in the house. And that's when something very amazing happened. I was looking through, uh, I was sitting down on the, you, you know the, the kind of the overlay or the, the, how the pool house is laid out. You had that back seating area. And so if you sit down in the right spot there, you can look through the kitchen, through the window of the kitchen, and see the other house through that window. Yeah. And I was sitting at the perfect spot for that, didn't even plan it. Both of those houses kind of closed in on me. Was It was as if they were like trying to hug me. I literally felt this house come and give me a hug. Even though I am older, older than the pool house, um, <laughs> both houses took on this grandmotherly presence. Kind of like this grandmotherly aura that was like, "Hey, we were, we were here, we were here when you were just a little whippersnapper, and we helped raise you. We've seen all of the good and the bad. You know, we're family, and we grieved together." They kind of communicated to me in a weird ass way that they understand the pain and. They feel it too. They were sad that I was leaving. I was sad that they were leaving or that I was leaving, that, that, that they weren't going to be in my life anymore. And But it, it was sad, but it was also beautiful. It was a beautiful grief and a beautiful sorrow. But it was a joyful pain. It was a remembrance. Just, just like if you lost a dear loved one and you had to remember how amazing their life was. It's like that's pain. And it's a pain that needs to be shared, but it's a beautiful pain. Very profound pain. Different, like, different flavor of pain. Oh, it's cathartic. Yeah, and, and, and it was, I never thought of the concept of beautiful pain until that day. And the houses were grieving with me, it was beautiful. And, and they actually told me in so many words, they were like, like, I know this is this is hard, and, and, and it's, it's going to be hard probably for a good while. It, despite this history and this love and this warmth, but this also deep, profound pain that we're feeling right now. Just and as, as amazing and, and um, uh, just beautiful as, as your moment was with your Uncle Bob on the porch with your coffee with the thunderstorm. 
another family needs to come in here and get that same amount of love. The next family that comes along to this house is going to have their own Uncle Bob. Let the let the kids build their own memories. With their own cup of coffee. Watching their own, with their own thunderstorms. thunderstorms. And that just blew me away. And so then I sat back and I was just so touched and moved by, by what just happened that a thought occurred to me of there's no way that this is all just happenstance. Like, mm. there's so many beautiful metaphors and coincidences that have been folded into this one little moment. This can't be just... Ha- there, there's a divine presence here. And that's when I questioned my own agnostic uh, beliefs or whatever, or the lack of beliefs, rather, um, in that moment, I, I, I said, is, this, is it possible that this was the workings of a divine presence? And the only answer I could come up with was yes. Okay, this uh, unbelievably profound experience that I'm feeling, I feel for the first time, maybe in my entire life, that I have to, right here on, on the spot, confront my own feelings about God my preconceived notions of that are now done. And in that moment, that's when the, the all of this stuff before this was a master stroke of just beautiful metaphorical, you couldn't write anything more beautiful than this. But that last little realization where, where these metaphors caused an agnostic person who was also nihilistic and didn't believe in anything to now challenge that and and for the, in in a, in a real very real way caused me to instantly break down and sob what i just experienced was uncontrollable happy sob sobbing and it, while I was sobbing I could see a light uh, a bright light up above me that I couldn't look at and I tried to look at it but I couldn't and that metaphor also hit home because the the the, the thought occurred to me in the moment that it definitely was God. There's something divine behind that. Absolutely. I'm utterly convinced that there's something divine behind that. It definitely was God. And I thought to myself... And I started thinking about how beautiful this gesture was from this house. There has to be something divine behind that. The placement of the couch with the light. Same place my uncle being this, that, and the other in the house coming in and hugging me basically. If if it can orchestrate that for me, that is personalized for me, while it's governing the rest of the universe, the power behind that when I when that clicked, when that when I realized that and I allowed myself to believe in God. I felt his power. The power behind that is, and it did it like like an afterthought. It's like, yeah, I was just like, I'm going to make this little amazing thing for Andrew while I govern everything else. (laughs) This catharsis, this amazing life-changing event for you, that is just a little afterthought, a little sprinkling of goodness, of, of, of majesty. I want to be plugged in to that power. It was so much 
power and love that my brain couldn't take it. Like, yeah. I, like I, I, I felt the love and power of God at that in that moment, realizing the potential of if it could do this, what else could it do, and how much love is there. It was too much for my brain to take, and 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 it hurt. Like, and 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 it was it was it was. I equate it to. You see a sunset. You look at you. You know, you see like the beautiful clouds, the reds, the purples, and the yellows, and all that stuff. And you're like, that is just gorgeous. And if you try to comprehend what is behind that beauty, and you look right. directly in the sun, you go blind. You can't take yeah. it. Yeah. I remember even trying to like look up. And I, it's as if I couldn't turn my head up. You're in, you're in fear of your maker. But again, that love, that purest of pure love, strongest of strong, purest of pure, it's on the next level. <sighs> There's echoes of it in our lives. That shit's on, on the next, 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 like a billion times level. Guys, I went from agnostic to believing in God in one night. You know, it's interesting, actually, and you, you, you and I have, have talked about this experience a couple of times, and, you know, I'm by no means a biblical scholar. I mean, I am just, you know, I, I was raised in the church like you, um, but there are several examples of, um, and sayings of uh, people being, of saying repeatedly that you cannot behold the true nature of God. Human beings yes. just can't do it. Yep. And and from a kid's perspective, even from hearing that, that was always just so fascinating to me. Mm-hmm. You know, I think there's something about not knowing the limits of, you know, the human mind or perception or whatever that is, you know, they always say there's just no way that you can ever encapsulate infinity or how big yes. the universe is or whatever else. Yep. And, and that's one of those things. And it's also about to truly, you know, human can ever truly in their own living form, truly experience the the uh the essence of god yep and the fact that you unprovoked said that to me like that was like a note that really hit home with me i was like Mm. oh my god i was like because i was like you know and i'm not like a deeply religious person i i i think that i am if i was to like uh, quantify myself i would say i'm a very spiritual person yeah I do not believe in coincidences. Never have. And I do feel like there is a, a synergistic energy to everything. And there, I do believe in a divine being. But You're on the right track. But that to me, when you said that to me, was like, it was like, a, it was a missing piece of a puzzle. And, yeah. and I was like, and that's the first time that when you, you, after this whole experience, mentioned that to me that I started getting ideas where I was like, hey, yeah. Maybe this isn't taking place necessarily in your mind, and maybe this yeah. is something else. And that's kind yep. of what I want to get into next. Oh, hold on! But here's you're the... going to end up having to edit this thing so many times because I keep trying to jump you out I of know. this experience. I so know. you just keep going. Okay. So the... I, I apologize. <laughs> I just have so many questions on my mind that I want to get that I want to get in. But no, go ahead. this is great. This is great. Um, the last the last little part of this the 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 last little kicker. I I mean I had just been crying my eyes out. Just the most deep and intense, but beautifully intense thoughts that that are threatening to explode your skull. They're so powerful. Like seriously, that's the pressure that I saw, that I felt. But it was a love. It's, it's unbelievable to to say. Um, you're just exhausted at the end of that, right? So so I'm, I've been sobbing for for a good twenty minutes. Uh, my my brain feels like it's going to explode. I'm 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 coming down and and I and I I, I was like basically he's like all right uh, 
you know, I gotta, I gotta go. Like this was amazing, but I gotta go to sleep now. It's now five thirty a.m. or something like that. And as I'm standing up, something happened that made it a little crescendo, a little signature, and it harkens back to when my uh, grandfather died in 1987. My grandfather was always a prankster, like a jokester. A uh, very sweet, sweet guy and, and loved a good joke. And on his deathbed, like a couple days before he died, he loved my mom. Loved her so much. And he told my mom, he's like, he, he always played jokes on my mom too. And, and he told my mom, he's like, hey, uh, you know, Sandra, uh, when, I, when I die, I'm going to come back and I'm going to haunt you, but in like a like a funny way. And he's like, I'm going to pull like little jokes on you. Yeah. And she's like, yeah, no, you're not. He's like, yeah, I am. He's like, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to flush your toilets. <laughs> and she's like, ah, that's funny. And then my uncle Bob, who was also in the room right when that was happening, goes, he says, and, and, and Sandra, if he doesn't, I will. Right. And so it's all funny and everything. Well, sure enough, 1987, uh, uh, you know, my, my grandfather passes away. And this is one of my earliest memories. I was only like like four or five at the time or something like that. Um, the, fl- the the friggin' toilets in the in the house would flush on their own for about two months, um, and and then they, they they eventually stopped after about uh, a few months or so. And then then you fast forward ten years, nineteen ninety seven. My uncle Bob passes away, and guess what? Friggin' toilets in the house flushed for about for about two months, and. I'm not joking. After that's crazy. After that amazing God experience, which was sparked by the the spotlight shining down on the part of the porch where mm. my uncle Bob and I would would have these awesome. My favorite memory of my uncle Bob. You know, after all these experience, after all this big amazing God experience, I stand up and I'm like, "All right, I'm going to bed. I've had enough." The freaking toilet flushed by itself in the pool house <laughs> and it was not by this time i'm like more or less stone cold sober like mm-hmm. like it, and 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 it wasn't like the 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 toilet is a hundred yards away it's it's only like it's only like like a good 20 feet away from me maybe not point. even yeah, yeah. It, clear as day heard the toilet flush and and that was the little crescendo signature accent on the end of the night that really sunk it home. Like I I may have been able somehow to try to explain that away with other right bullshit logic, but that, yeah, that uh, was one of the most, uh, these psychedelic experiences I've had, Three of them now that have been intensely profound, and they by far are the three most important things that have ever happened in my life. I don't know where to rank that one. That's interesting. Yeah. So when we talked about this afterwards, and you, uh, you, I should say that that night when you you sent me the picture of the spotlight, mm-hmm. <laughs> and and you said I've had the most profound experience of my life. And I now can tell you that there is, in fact, a God. Yeah. Could you believe that that came out of my mouth? <laughs> no. Yeah. And I was, uh, it, it was, it was awesome. And I thought it was, uh, it, it, I was like, oh man, we're gonna have to really, really talk about this. And so, you know, you, you relayed generally, well, actually the whole thing, you know, just like you, uh, you laid it out for me, um, right there. And I, I started developing some questions in my mind uh, about it that I've asked you and I'm going to ask you now. It's, okay. uh, you know, well, first off, it seems like a lot of your experiences relate to nature. Yeah. And there's a, there's an interesting you know and motherly aspect to all these nature experiences and and how uh, which I which I find fascinating, but they're also kind of uh, you know they're things that you wouldn't see in normal life. Mm-hmm. You know, absolutely. You know the synergy, the movement, the shifting, or whatever else. And then you've had these this God experience at this point in time, and uh, and so I remember thinking you know there really is two trains of thought on what this means. Either A, you are 
you're experiencing things that are not really there, but you're finding them within your mind. So it's an exploration of your own psyche, your own consciousness, and you're discovering parts of the inside of yourself that you didn't know were there. And you're becoming more familiar with you. Mm-hmm. Or you are seeing things that are actually there, but you are unable to see in normal life. But through psychedelics, you're able to actually experience. What yep. are your thoughts about that? A hundred billion percent the latter of that. Okay. Um, so and, you, I mean, so yeah, we're, we're operating now on a field that you think that these things are happening in, in an environment. We may not be able to perceive all of this in our normal humdrum day to day life, but through, you know, ex, you know, extreme circumstances, they are perceptible. Absolutely. And I'll take it a step further. I have, I have a whole theory on this, man. Like I believe when I, that phrase that I used earlier a couple of times, realer than real, mm-hmm. is very um, descriptive. Um, it, it's, 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 it is realer than real, and that's because it is real. It's, we, I firmly believe now that humans can only survive in this world by experiencing a narrow spectrum of reality. If we saw all the other things all the time, we would absolutely be crazy. Yeah, it's like the you it's like the whole adage, you know, your nose is always in your field of vision, but your eyes choose not to see it. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yep. And so and so uh, yeah, that's that's exactly right. So we I I firmly believe that the spirit world is oh I, I don't I know it I don't believe it I know it that the spirit world is real and these beings that that I have encountered in the spirit world are a hundred percent real um, and that we the only way that we can stay sane is to is for our brains to focus in on a narrow little frequent frequency of reality to tune that out. Sure. It's like the lighter audio spectrum. You yep. know, our yep. perception of it is only the middle part. It's no, we're not seeing the highs and the lows. Exactly. And and that's a perfect like if, if it's that way with light and sound, then why the hell wouldn't it be like that with other stuff? Like like so mm-hmm. our, our 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 thinking and our perception and our intuition and and stuff that we perceive and see and hear and all, it's all a, just a narrow slice of reality and I, I'll take it a step further and I'll say that that people with schizophrenia uh, in all likelihood they probably have a, a chunk of that filter removed to where they are they actually can see the spiritual world. Maybe they're living a bit interdimensionally. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I, I firmly believe that. Is is like, um, and I think I, I'm taking. I'll take it even a step further, and I'll say that maybe the reason why kids see, you know, kids are always seeing like, oh, I saw a ghost, or I saw a goblin, or you know, you know there's someone under my bed. Is is maybe kids start off with a broader band of the spectrum and they actually do see stuff and as they get older their cerebral cortex starts to bring logic and reason into the equation Narrows and they and they squash that down um, so and, and and man I'll I'll take this way further I I now firmly believe like these beings that I would encounter later on in the Iowa I in my early mushroom trips I didn't see like goddesses mm-hmm. and stuff um, in in my ayahuasca, in my in my more intense mushroom trips and ayahuasca, I definitely saw goddesses, and I feel like most of the hallucinations, specifically with fractal patterns, like uh, the Mandelbrot set, is mm. you see a lot of that and a lot of fractal swirls and stuff. I firmly believe that 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 those are. Interdim- I'm going to sound like Alex Jones right now. I, entities, right? I, mean, I, I firmly believe that they are interdimensional entities that that exist in higher dimensions that are proje- that what we see is their projection into our third dimension. So I, I don't know if you've ever seen the video of Carl Sagan describing uh, Flatlandia 
like if, if the universe was a two-dimensional plane yeah. and he was like well what if a three-dimensional being tried to pass itself through this two-dimensional world the beings on that two-dimensional world like let's say that that there was like a ball they would see a flat plate like yeah. two-dimensional representation yeah of it. it would it would they would see like this little line that started off this big mm-hmm. like if the ball was passing through their two-dimensional plane they'd see a little point first and then they see a line that got bigger and bigger and bigger then it reach it then it, then it would just start back. getting smaller yeah. and smaller and then reach it and that's what they would see I firmly believe that the fractal patterns and all of the swirls and all the stuff because it's always associated with the feeling of something else is there mm-hmm. always that I've that I've experienced anyways um, I firmly believe that that is a, a higher dimensional being in your presence mm. that it's passing through or it's a projection of it or something like that um, that's the only and, and to me these these otherworldly beings some people say they're aliens uh, some people say that they're a goddess I definitely saw goddess figures or whatever like that but to me it's it's all God like like it was interconnectivity to the whole thing, right? It wasn't like a stranger in a strange land type of deal you had. No. It was like familiarity. It's it's you you know you know what you're seeing is is your maker basically. Like, like it's it's mm-hmm. th- there's no other way around. It. And and to me, for for me coming from such a, a dark nihilistic agnostic place, anything. Um, What's the word I'm looking for? Um, magical. Uh, mm-hmm. what was, uh, mystical. Mystical. Anything mystical that I can't explain, that I see with my eyes, that is a being, is God, man. Like, like, like you, you can't sure. go, you can't jump from believing in nothing to seeing an angel-like presence <laughs> and being like, oh, that's just a, you know, uh, you know. To me, it's just like. I didn't believe in anything. You're like, holy shit, there it is. And then I see something <laughs> like that. And I'm like, I'm like, that's God. Right, right, yeah. right, right. And so to me, they've all been God. And 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 I honestly, I I don't want to hear any different because it's like it's like it's the spirit world, man. Like, no, that's mean. Yeah. So that was episode two. Pretty deep stuff, you know reliving this amazing moment that was conjured up by the house itself, you know, and, and God being kind of the orchestrator behind the scenes making all that happen. What an amazing, deep, deep situation that was. But as amazing as this episode was, next episode, episode three, is actually not amazing. Episode three is downright terrifying. It is freaking intense. Episode 3 is my first tangle with ayahuasca. I decided that mushrooms weren't quite giving me the answers I needed and I wanted to go deeper. And ayahuasca took me deeper, y'all. Terrifying stuff in Episode 3. So strap in for that one.